Hello again, watch fans, and welcome back to That Watch Podcast. I'm Sully Caseback, and this is part four of a conversation between PL Watch Collection, Diverse Watch Collector, and myself. This episode, we're talking about Tudor Heritage Chronos, potential 2024 releases, Rolex ceramic production issues, selling your watches, and dream a little bit about a new Pelagos 42. There's colourful language throughout, so as always, you might want to throw on some headphones if there are any sensitivities. Here we go. Um, I'll tell you what, though, it's a good deal. The crown is big on the Tudor chronograph. The, the, the amount of people that have reached out asking me, I, don't, I know you asked me originally, but anyone who's trying to wind a, a Tudor chronograph, it's a good job that crown is as big as it is because, boy, do you need grip. Yeah, plus you I, I, you even messaged me when you first got yours and said, uh, is this right because I swear it's broken? Yeah. You, you you feel like, I can't explain what it feels like to wind it. I, I encourage anybody that <laughs> yeah, can wind I mean, one just to give it a go, because that, that you you literally feel like you're connected to the mainspring. Yeah, it, it's a very strange feeling. There's no gear ratio. No, going you can on there. feel that torque release through your fingers every single turn. But then I do wonder: Are we going to? That's obviously that's a a Breitling movement. Yeah, but I'm sure the Breitlings aren't that hard to wind. Yeah. So there's definitely some modification they've done. But hey, look, the Prince Chrono is anything to go by. There'll be an in-house Tudor chronograph movement coming out soon, which will be a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to what we discussed about before. You know, these heritage movements, I'm holding up my uh, Monte Carlo here, which is two thousand. this piece is from 2014. Yeah. These are still based on the old ETA movement. Well, these are the old ETA movements. Um, which for so long Tudor was known for. You know, that was the thing. You know, they'd take a Rolex case, they'd take Rolex everything on, on what you saw, yeah. and they would just make it cheaper by putting a standard ETA wow. movement inside it. Yeah. Um and these are fantastic. I didn't I didn't realise that was a different movement to the to the regular chronos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the heritage all the heritage chronos, the the home plate at both both my home plate and the Monte Carlo, they've got the ETA movements in them. So a different winding experience there. Oh, totally different winding experience. An absolute bitch to service. And as you know, I had numerous problems with my uh Monte Carlo when I picked it up because I picked mine up from my AD, but it was an ex shopware piece. Right. Um and that came back fully serviced and within the first week the power reserve was about three hours. So, as the moment you took it off the wrist, the moment you put it down overnight, it would stop. Right, it would stop working, and you, you, you it, yeah. But apparently, they are they are a struggle to service, but they are still ETA movements at the end of the day. Yeah. So, which is surprising that it's a struggle to service, given it's an ETA. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's the way they sandwich it. I don't know if I don't know the way they've done these with the ETAs. Is yeah. they got two movements sandwiched together? Um, so what they need to do, yeah, is obviously. Totally rebuild that entire movement. Yeah, which obviously you've seen they've got progress on with using the Breitling and doing that, that sharing that that te- you know that technology. But, but, but you'd think the Breitling is a is a halfway. Mm. That's a step right to full in house. Yes, and that's what we see with Kinesi. You know, at the end of the day, they, they, yeah, right. And you're going to get Kinesi GMTs. You're going to get Kinesi Chronos. Yeah. And what I'm getting to, Matt, is I want a BB58 case. <laughs> Or even better, a BB fifty four case. Yeah, running a a chrono screw down pusher. Proper to old old proper original Daytona. I want. Bar. I want. Yeah, I want a fucking Daytona. Thirty seven mil. I want. I want that. 
and I want it for five grand. <laughs> no, well, why not, right? Or fuck it. I'll... But then I do wonder what you know. What are we going to see with the pricing structure with Tudor if they do? The more and more they do in house, you know, surely the price is going to have to reflect that as well. You know, say we see a new Chrono release this year, and it's a completely in-house, meta-certified Chrono movement. Are we going to see a, it's going to be a next step, which is not going to be four and a half grand. It's actually going to be five and a half, six grand. It's going to be where the Speedy used to be 18 months ago. I'll bet you money yeah. it comes in under a Speedmaster. Oh, it always will. They're not They're not stupid. Well, that's true. That is easy now. But... <laughs> well, that's easy now, isn't it? <laughs> if Speedy drop a white dial, though, actually, that is one thing. We've talked a lot about Rolex and Tudor, but there's some been, there's some fairly hefty rumours that this year we'll see a white dial Speedy. Daniel Craig was wearing one. Well, there you go. Do you know what? Yeah. This speaks to that. Because when I saw the first images of that white dial yeah. prototype or whatever, I was like, oh, am I going to be able to say no to that? Yes, I am. In the same way as when the 3861 came out, maybe a bit differently, but I know within 18 to 24 months, it'll be on Chrono 24, a grand under retail. Yeah. And I'll sit here and wait for that. Yeah. I'm eager about the numbers at the end of the day. I'm not I'm not so desperate for it that I'm gonna that I'm gonna just run to an Amiga boutique and buy one. And and that's mostly quite rightly because I'm less into Amiga these days than I was and certainly less than I am into Tudor. If Tudor drops something hot in April, yeah. I mean I'm not gonna be able to say no, am I? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. But but it's funny, like, you know, how the whole kind of thing shifts, right? Two, three years ago, whatever Rolex put out, it's not that I would have thought that I could get it, but fuck, I'd have been looking at everything. I'd have been like like the cookie monster, yeah, like just binging on all of that information. And now, I mean, what have we seen in terms of Rolex rumors? You're going to get a, a day date or an OP with a fucking Berlin Symphony Orchestra. Oh, yeah, great. Day date, isn't it? Sorry. And that looks nice. You never see one in the real world, but okay. I mean, am I going to buy that? <laughs> no. Allegedly, no more Pepsi. You get a black dial, uh, sorry, a black bezel insert, Jubilee GMT, which they should have had years ago. Or a Coke is a rumor. That's not a rumor. That's that's pos- That's optimistic thinking from a lot of people. Again, for another year. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I, I still think it is. And actually, the, the the issues with the ceramic bezel, I don't. I think it surrounds all bright colors. And I think they're struggling with. Do you think so? Yeah. Because they're banging out the back. Guns. Yeah, but when you look at what blue on the black, is different from red and the blue. And I think red and the black, the red, they would still struggle with. Really? So any red? Yeah, yeah. You've only got to look at the red. It's so inconsistent. I was watching a, a, a video the other day, and they the Bob's watches, and they were talking about um, their predictions. And actually, they're, they're probably right, is that we're probably not going to see a Coke. I think as much as it is, it's there in the future, Yeah, we, we just probably won't, because they can't get it right at the moment. There's so much inconsistency in that ceramic bezel. So perhaps actually the, the, the shout of the black, all black bezel on the Jubilee. Yeah. You know the return of the green hat, whatever it might be, or or they talking about a a regular mm. uh, sprite. Oh, what a right hand drive, as in. But um, I don't understand why they would do that. What would be to yeah. gain from that? 
well, I think it's it, look that it's hard to argue why that model's been popular. I think because it's quite unusual, people wanted it. But if it's a colorway that works and they they can do it, they might do it. But what I've heard, is, I've come around on the sprite. I, I, yeah, go on. Sorry. When it first dropped, I was like, oh no, yeah. never. Oh, that's awful. And now I'm like the academic curiosity of its existence yeah but could you not look at it on a more base level and say well they've actually worked out how to do green quite well over the years and actually their their green their consistency of green is, is spot on and they've gone well let's just do something green darren darren and i have the <laughs> the, the mic drop of green executions mate yeah. and they're never going to go green more than that and so uh, why so actually that's a good point is what what do you think there was to gain from doing that change in the start oh, i hate the name starbucks everyone knows i've been quite public on instagram about that i hate the name starbucks don't know why it just offends me but the lv my lv that i've got the sermit the kermit of the the starbucks whatever you want to call it why what was the point of that green change this year uh last year in 2023 watches and wonders fuck knows but from what little we all glean about rolex it could just as easily be that someone said, hey, do you know what? I've just figured out that our chemical formula for ceramic would be 0.8% better in terms of durability and this and that and blah, 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 if we sourced our green from this supplier, not that one, or we tweaked it this way and not that way. And, and it just ends up being a little bit less... I don't know, darker or the, whatever the fuck it ends up being. Oh, and I agree, it could literally be, it could be as simple as that. It could just all be marketing bollocks. Yes. It's just all marketing bollocks, really, because you look at the Pepsi bezel over time, the ceramic bezel, that's constantly been changing. And I don't know whether Rolex themselves marketed the the new Starbucks as a different colour. I think it was more generous, kind they of notice that it was a slightly different tone. But it's just a change. They didn't, there was no announcement, there was no... Yeah. There was no change in reference number. There was no indication. Yeah. No, absolutely you nothing. Saw, you saw the same thing with the original Kermit, right? Yeah, there was six. So the original Kermit, there's six different, I think six different bezel variations across the year. And including the service bezel, I think there's about eight different bezel variations. So, so the one thing we all know, for fact, they make incremental changes. And when you look back, and certainly it's all in line, it's all vertical now. So it's much less likely to be affected by this than it was in the 50s, 60s, but when they had third-party suppliers doing everything. But back then, like, no one even thought about this shit, you know? Supplier A, supplier B, supplier C, supplier D, and they have two or three suppliers in every different region. And uh, they've just got multiple different places making the same allegedly components, but years later to collectors they're all different and they're all academically notated and i don't know man like maybe maybe the eu decided one year that this chemical or that chemical or this color dye or that color dye was no longer acceptable and had to be changed by whatever percent i mean all these tiny incremental things that are maybe even out of rolex's control or Rolex just do it because it's one percent more efficient on the pr production line, or but I don't know. I mean, and I appreciate I'm about to say something stupid when you said marketing, Darren. Mm. I'm like, no, they'd never do something because of marketing, and obviously they're like the powerhouse of all product marketing. 
ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's rumors around the whole Pepsi thing, right? There's a lot of skepticism around how can Rolex, the size that they are, their production capability, not produce a red and blue bezel when you've got these factories and coming out of China producing fake ceramic bezels. Yeah. You know. How how could how could the Beatles, the greatest songwriters in the world, not produce the perfect Christmas song? It's just not their thing, right? And it's just not how yeah. they work. And yeah. the for me, the one of the very most telling things to that point is our good friend who I won't name, but our good friend who knows a thing or fucking two about Rolex. And he sent me a schematic, <laughs> an actual Rolex schematic diagram of the Rolex Pepsi ceramic bezel housing. And unlike the other GMT ceramic bezel housings, that one has two rubber rings at the bottom of it, and the others have one. So their bezel housing, by its design, acknowledges there is a greater preponderance of brittleness, of, of a lack of robustness, that requires extra protection. They're not doing that for marketing. No, and I can back that up from another source I've got is a watchmaker, and they literally have signs up saying, do not remove Pepsi bezel, because they basically say whenever you remove a Pepsi bezel, 100% is going to break when you try and put it back in. Whereas that's not the case with the Batman or any of the others. So there's definitely an issue. And the same person that I was referencing a moment ago said to me that in his experience of every hundred damaged ceramic GMT bezel inserts, 85 in a hundred are Pepsis. Yeah, wow. I told you before, I've got my theory on this, is some some intern was allowed near the ovens and he just deleted the settings by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, they've gone, fuck, what do we well, do? Well, no, but, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's to your point, it's clearly... <laughs> You know, in what was it, 2006, six, seven? <clears throat> they dropped the new maxi case ceramic GMT, and 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 let's be clear, that's the first Rolex ceramic watch. They did it with the GMT, right? Mm. And they've got the black ceramic insert. Everything's peach. And if you're working at Rolex Towers circa 2006, and you're feeling good about your new GMT, you're thinking, great, lads, we've done the black bezel. What do we do next? Fucking no one's getting bonus points for saying, oh, maybe the Pepsi. It's only the most iconic thing there is. How long does it take for them to actually drop it? Right. The white gold is 2016. So 10 years. And you look at those colors on the white gold and you go, exactly a Pepsi though, bruv. (laughs) Is it? And then two years later, 2018, they do the, the stainless and you're like, mm, no, like that's not, you know, that's not Christopher Reeve Superman. That's Brandon Watts's chop Superman. That's Zack Snyder Superman. It's suddenly very like moody. It's like a burgundy, not a red. And everything. When you, when you look at the details of it, the join in between the, the red and the blue, it's a fade, not a harsh join like it always should have been. Mm. You know, all, all those things. I never think they've got it right. And I think, obviously, what <clears throat> whatever's happened has led to the fact that they just can't bloody make them now. And and if everyone's believed, 
that all all allocations have been zeroed to so many ads and like you said earlier they might be holding a few back but actually they just can't get any well my guess is even the gray market dealers there's a lot turning around now saying they just can't source them now like like everyone's sort of holding on to what they have there'll be some prick right like there was with hulks and whatever you used to see on instagram some fucking dude and god knows where he's got eight suitcases full of them yeah just to throw out on instagram but i mean look i you know i'm i'm really chuffed for you dan that you got yours that's wicked man yeah anyone who's got their i mean i paid a premium for it so it's i never got it from an ad yeah 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 yeah. but it's worth it in in a long-term kind of way and but really most of all every time you put that watch on your wrist if you're grinning ear to ear it was worth it Mm. just like when I stick my Batgirl on, that thing just every time watches and NATO's or shot shotty or whoever it is chucks theirs out, man. I'm like, can't believe mine's in a fucking safe somewhere else. I just want that watch. It's so, so good. Can you imagine now? Can you imagine what I feel when I see the Batgirl? <laughs> so for anyone that doesn't know, I had a Batman, and I well, I got it on my AD. And I got it in August 22. Got it around my birthday. And I, I was waited ages for it. And I was chuffed. But I, I got it and I put it on. And I thought, well, oh, that's a bit small. You, you had the Batman, let's be specific. I had the Batman, yes. So I had the Batman. So polished center links, oyster bracelet. And I just thought, oh, it's a bit small on me. And this this is, again, this is before, this is back in a time where I thought anything under 41 was looked ridiculous on me. And... Um, I sold it in the end. I didn't like the polished centre links. I and you said all along, get yourself a jubilee for it, and it will change your mind. And I, and I didn't. I sold it. And actually, now the more and more I see a Batgirl with a, on a jubilee, I just think, oh, you prick! Why did you sell that watch? You see, it's just, I just have a theory, Matt, that every watch I own, you're going to end up buying a duplicate of. <laughs> Listen, you can't. You can't. The Seikos are safe. Right. The Seikos yeah. are safe. You can't stop. You can't stop quality. <laughs> no. Right. So live information as it happens. I've currently got three watches consigned with uh, Kibble. Have you? Um, that I'm selling it, and I've yeah, and I've just received an email. Oh God, I might have just deleted it. <laughs> oh dear, that's it. The deal's off. Cancel <laughs> sale. <laughs> no. No, it was about that with the market rate changes. There's a suggestion to adjust some of the pricing and reduce the pricing of some of the pieces I've got. Oh, it's like speaking to your estate agent. It's hideous. Yeah. Kibble are great, by the way. I've only got great things to say about um, Kibble watches. But it kind of gets to that point where the, the one piece I've really been torn about that I'm selling is my blue Pelagos. Yeah. It's redundant. And the price is now so low. It's redundant. I know it's redundant, but the bottom price is saying maybe I can get is two and a half. What do I do? Bear in mind that piece is now, how much is a blue Pelagos? This is fabulous. I think this is a wonderful discussion point, right? I've taken on percentage basis, big hits on Black Bay's recently, or Black Bay 58's recently on a couple of other things. And philosophically, I've come to look at it like this. When I bought that watch, I lost all my money because I've exchanged it for a watch. And what I got out of that experience was that watch. And so my Black Bay 58, whether blue or black dial, do you know what? I really enjoyed it. And if someone said to me, you can rent 
this Black Bay 58 for two, three years, whatever it was, mm. for 500 quid. Yeah. And then you're going to have to give it back. It's like a lease agreement, like we all do on cars or whatever it is. That's a fucking good deal. Yeah. And that's it. It's not a given that you're going to make money or you're going to re- retain all your money on a watch. It's a fucking, that's a great deal. That's a great deal. Here's my 500 quid. Thanks. Yeah. That's what that's what happened with that. And with the Blue Pelagos, the retail's now 4,320. And I might only, and I might only. No, no, no. What was it? What was it when you bought it? What was it when you bought it? I got a bit of a discount, but ignore that. Just in terms of if you went to buy it, it's irrelevant. <laughs> no, don't be a prick. What was it when you bought it? I think I got, I got a discount at the time. I think I bought it for three and a half. Um, and it's now getting close to four and a half. Have you worn it a lot? Over over the many years you had it? No. <laughs> oh. Many years. I had it a but... year, pretty much. Yeah. I probably wore it. I mean, this is the problem with a large collection, right, is I might have only worn it 15, 20 times. I'm holding up a Tudor Submariner 7928. Oof. From 1967, which I'm guessing when it retailed was... Four pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because... Because I've got the fucking original sales receipt. So you're saying take the Pelagos back and hold on to it. That's what <laughs> yeah. you're saying. But this 1973 GMT, this was £118, Darren. You're not helping, G. You're not helping. Darren, what we're saying is sell the Pelagos in 2052 and you might make a penny. Yeah, so, so it's all about it's all about timing, isn't it? Yes, that, that's what I'm saying. G's not helping. So sit on it for 50 years, mate. Yeah. And you look like a G. Job done. Or liquidate it now. <laughs> yeah. But the Tudor, like... Do you miss it? No. That, I mean, that's half price. Like, I'm, I'd be losing about two grand based on current market. No, price. don't look at current market price. No, you can't. You've got to look at what you paid for it. If you paid three and a half for it and you sell it for three... I feel like out of the three, I should take that one back. That's... that's... Oh, at best, I'll get two and a half. Right. Is what I might get for it. Look, if, if you want to... Darren... If you want to be clever with your numbers, sell your Black Bay FXD. You're a Lengi, sell it now. No, definitely not. Don't don't you dare. There you go. <laughs> Here you go. Sell your Black FXD. Because those are the Tudors you're getting money back for. <laughs> because right now they're hot. Yeah, but that watch means so much to me beyond... Like, I'll never sell that Black FXD. Never. Because it's not just a watch now. It's not just a right. watch. Right. Fucking right. But then you have to look at but you have to look at the Pelagos as part of your part. And again, I say this word again, your journey. Yeah. You know, it is part of it. And you think you, you can't make on everything. You can't, you can't win on everything. But I might be better to hold it off and keep it as part of a trade in the future. Maybe. I might get a better deal. Maybe. And maybe not. But you'll get knocked, you'll, you'll get knocked much harder on the trade. Do you will if you sell it? Really? Yeah. Look, my point is Tudors don't hold their value after the first six to 12 months of release. Yeah. And we should celebrate that because that's what a fucking tool watch should be. Yeah. The reason that, you know, we went to a Tudor event recently. Everyone in that room was celebrating Tudors. There were people with vintage Tudors, beautiful things. Vintage Tudor today is rare because Tudors from the 60s and 70s were worn hard. And as someone in that room said, You'd get your Rolex back in the day, and that was your Sunday watch, right? That's your the going out fancy shit, and it goes in the drawer. Yeah, the Tudor's the one that you kick the shit out. Of. <laughs> I'm keeping the Tudor. I've decided. <laughs>
and right but but i'm looking at it i've got the tudor website in front of me and i'm like damn damn it's not worth it to me to to give me just over two grand for it it's just not worth it i'd, I'd rather i'd rather keep it keep it mate because clearly you love it yeah keep it they might discontinue the blue and then the price goes up this opens up a very interesting <laughs> point of discussion april Tudor new renouncement. Yeah. No one seems to have said it, but it's a new fucking Pelagos, isn't it? Like an actual Pelagos. It's what they've done to the Burgundy, right? It's that, but in a Pelagos. It's not a 14 and a half mil case or a 15 mil case. It's a 12 and a half mil case or a 12 mil case with the HEV. Yeah, and I bet it will probably be around five. If they selling, I'm surprised at the price, really, that the the titanium blue Pelagos is now four thousand three hundred and twenty. I paid three three thousand three hundred just over a year ago. That's quite a change. Keep the forty two mil with titanium bracelet. Yeah, keep it forty two mil with the bracelet with the epic fucking clasp. Right, keep all the good shit. Slim it down. I'll be all over that like a dog on heat. Honestly, yeah. Metas movement. Thank you very much. I don't know what a Black Bay 58 is these days, but it certainly isn't the two and a half grand I paid for it at retail, or two six or something. But like if if a Pelagos, if a new slim down Pelagos came along at five grand, what watch is competing with that? Don't talk to me about a Seamaster 300M for fuck's sake. Hope you enjoyed it, folks. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard feel free to give us a follow and drop us a dm at that watch podcast on instagram and don't forget you can subscribe at apple or spotify podcasts so you get the new episodes straight to your device as soon as they come out cheers